This Saturday on Gesundheit with Jacobus, I will focus on two topics that may very well be interwoven with each other. Pain and fatigue are already affecting most people in this country, and the amount of doctor's visits, surgeries, medications, and dietary supplements to address these are at an all-time high. We won't solve this crisis in one day, but we can have a healthy discussion about it. It's Gesundheit with Jacobus, live Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 1450 KMMS, where Montana top. Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Well, what do you know? Good morning to all of you. It is an absolute pleasure to be here in the studios of News Radio AM 1450 KMMS and AM 1340 KPRK. We're located in Bozeman at 125 West Mendenhall. For those of you who drive by and want to wave at us, that would be fantastic. Good morning. I just appreciate to be with you today. This, uh, as the promo mentioned, we are going to be talking about pain and fatigue, two interwoven symptoms and diseases, disorders that uh, affect a large majority of the American population. And just as it says in the promo, this is not going to be a topic we can discuss in one sitting. So today, if you have the need to make a to to call the studio, by all means do that. But please stay with the topic. Uh, I have too much that I want to share with you today to to talk about other topics. So if you would like to share things about pain and fatigue then I would love to hear from you. That would be great. Now, the telephone number in the studio is 406-522-8255. 406-522-8255. We also have, uh, apparently, we have a couple text numbers. I, I just know the one, 266-7617. Uh, that is that. But apparently, there is another one. It's 406 478 2988478298 that must be a new number since this week i i've heard tom announce it on the morning show the morning soapbox i just want to let you know that i don't know if i have that one in my phone so we're going to find out if uh, i can get your messages but otherwise that's those are the two numbers 2667617 is the text or 4788298 and uh, just, uh, just a reminder to let you know that when we talk about health, healing, and healthy lifestyles on this show, Gesundheit with Jacobus, Gesundheit means health or good health. 
the the purpose is always the education and information part and maybe a little entertainment we'll see if we can throw it in or not it's not the purpose of the show to diagnose treat or cure so please take the information for what it is uh, see if it is practical if it makes sense if it is a good discussion point for you if you remember or re- get become reminded of something that's coming up but please uh you know, always see a physician of your choice after the show. Look up information at reputable sources. As you know, you can go on the internet. There's lots of great information there. There are great books written. Uh, many, you know, many, many sites actually will say that the facts have been checked. So it is not per se that you have to say, well, I cannot believe anything that I see on the internet. You know how it works. You know, use your common sense. There are times when you read something, you go, this is absolutely makes total sense. The dots connect. So, Gesundheit with Jacobus, uh, we're on every Saturday morning from 8 to 11. And your calls and comments are always welcome, usually with a guest in the studio. But today, primarily focusing on pain and fatigue. So, is it an open line? Mm, yeah, in the sense that you can call in. And ask, but the only person you'll be talking to is me. Hopefully, you will enjoy that. So, pain and fatigue. It's the uh, topic I really would like to uh, discuss. And pain, for me, the reason why I was so interested in this, because pain is more than just physical pain. There is an emotional side. There is a mental side. There is a spiritual side. It's, It's not... The uh, it's not that you can just say this is pain. It's interesting. I I was thinking about different causes of pain or ways that pain expressed themselves, be it spiritual, emotional, physical, mental. But also I I looked up pain. What is pain? And a very interesting article actually on Wikipedia that explains pain and i would like to go with you through some of that and the reason why i say pain and fatigue is because when you have pain it often drains you of so much energy that you really don't have feel that you have the oomph that you used to have and or the oomph that you would like to have so pain can really slow us down, which is really the purpose of the body. It, it wants us to slow down whatever we're doing, face the facts, and then start a healing and recovery process. And so that is, that is an important thing to know. When we talk about pain, according to the Wikipedia, it says pain is a distressing feeling often caused by intense or damaging stimuli. The International Association for the Study of Pain's widely used definition defines pain as an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with actual or potential tissue damage or described in terms of such damage. However, due to its being a complex subjective phenomenon, Defining pain has been a challenge. In medical diagnoses, pain is regarded as a symptom of an underlying condition. And this, to me, is really a key. You cannot isolate pain and say, well, I have an owie. 
so I have pain. And and there are moments when you have an acute pain, which can happen obviously at any moment. You can have a shooting pain. You can hurt yourself, bump yourself, fall down. You will have an acute pain. But in medical diagnosis, pain is regarded as a symptom of an underlying condition. Now, sadly enough, it, 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 this sounds really good, but we all know that when we go to a doctor, the time the physician has with you, it often results in a quick fix, and that can become a big problem, especially when you start thinking about disorders such as arthritic symptoms, bone loss, muscle aches and pains, the amount of prescription that are qualified as opioids, so not just the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, but the actual opioid family, the fentanyls, cocaine, morphine, um, Vicodin, oxycodone, hydrocodone, those are the ones that we really have to be careful with, and they're simply being overprescribed. I have an article about that. It's it's fascinating what these some of these pharmaceutical companies and the families behind it have been doing. Pain motivates the individual to withdraw from damaging situations to protect a damaged body part while it heals and to avoid similar experiences in the future. Well, that is really well put, I think. You know, most pain resolves once the noxious stimulus is removed and the body is healed, but it may persist despite removal of the stimulus and apparent healing of the body. Sometimes pain arises in the absence of any detectable stimulus, damage, or disease. It is the most common reason, pain is the most common reason for physicians' consultations in most developed Country. It is a major symptom in many medical conditions, and it can interfere with a person's quality of life and general functioning. Simple pain medications are useful in 20% to 70% of cases. Isn't that interesting? Simple pain medications are useful in 20% to 70% of cases. Psychological factors such as social support, Hypnotic suggestion, excitement, or distraction can significantly affect pain's intensity or unpleasantness. And in some debates regarding physician-assisted suicide or euthanasia, pain has been used as an argument to permit people who are terminally ill to end their lives. Now, it doesn't really work like that in this country. And even in Europe, and they say, oh, euthanasia is legal, that may, be a, uh, that may be a point of discussion. But I remember when my mother was uh, very ill and she, she, had, she had a wish. She said, I just want to die. She didn't want to go through the dying process. And the medical doctor told her, listen, I cannot make the decision here by myself. I would have to get two extra colleagues who will check you and test you and find out if you qualify. So it's not just have the choice unless you commit suicide, then you have your own choice. But you uh, working with a physician, euthanasia is not that easy. You need to have some support. Of course, Dr. Jack Kevorkian, who, uh, who uh, 
but helped those who wanted to end their lives. In his own opinion, he said these people had reached the stage where there was no turning back. There was no healing, and they literally asked me to help them. And I think in many cases, he had them write a letter and sign it and date it uh, to ask Dr. Kevorkian if he would actually help them. And so he had given, they would have given him permission to, to help. And that was called the assisted suicide. It was in, a, in the back of a VW bug, a buzz, or, a buzz or something. I don't know. It was, uh, it was kind of haphazardly put together. Now, pain is usually transitory. It lasting only until the noxious stimulus is removed or the underlying damage or pathology has healed. But some painful conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis, peripheral neuropathy, cancer, and spontaneous pain may persist for years. Pain that lasts a long time is called chronic or persistent, and pain that resolves quickly is called acute. Now, there is a difference there is actually three. There is another one that's called subacute, and let me explain that to you. Traditionally, the distinction between acute and chronic pain has relied upon an arbitrary interval of time from the onset of pain. The two most commonly used markers being three months and six months since the onset of pain, though some theorists and researchers have placed the transition from acute to chronic pain at 12 months. So you could actually have acute pain for 11 months. Well, a lot of people would say it takes way too long. This is, this is chronic. Now, others apply acute to pain that lasts less than 30 days. I would probably agree with that. Uh, chronic to pain of more than six months. Sure. And subacute to pain that lasts from one to six months. Interesting. And I, I like that dividing. I don't know if you do. If you have any questions, by the way, it is Gesundheit with Jacobus. You can call me right here at News Radio AM 1450, AM 1340 KPRK, 522-8255. So it says a popular alternative definition of chronic pain involving no arbitrarily fixed duration is, quote unquote, pain that extends beyond the expected period of healing. Chronic pain may be classified as cancer pain or else as benign. So we have different types of pain, and I will go through some of those just to give you, uh, give you an idea. And I do believe that the when we go through the list of what I came up with, I think you can agree with it. So... Different causes of pain, I there are physical pains, but we also have emotional and mental, and as I mentioned, there are spiritual pains, in my opinion. And how we approach those, it's up to us as individuals. I, I um, First of all, we want to recognize it, but one thing I can tell you with pain, it will slow us down. It will stop us in our tracks often. And I know there are people who have pain and they say, oh man, I've pain for so long, but you are starting to see in their behavior, in the way they walk and move, that they prefer 
one side of the body over the other. And over time, the body will literally start taking on that shape. You will see people bend over or limping, and that means that part of the other side of the body will start taking the brunt and, sadly enough, will start to deteriorate in its, at its own rate, just opposite of how the other part is working. It's just when it bends, there is a growth of cartilage and, and, and scar tissue, exactly the opposite of what happens on, on the painful side. So physically, I would say we have pains, causes of pain that are both acute and chronic. And I think that the article here at Wikipedia about pain, acute, subacute, so acute uh, within 30 days, pain within 30 days and probably goes away. Subacute is somewhere between a month and six months where you would have pain and, and chronic pain I can see that indeed as a pain that will easily last more than six months. So disputable if the pain lasts seven months instead of 12 months. Yes, I would probably still call it in the subacute. Uh, we somehow were able to find what the pain was and help with that. Now, other things where you can get pain from, uh, physical pain, is accidents. You know, car crashes, falling down with skiing, um, you can you can have you can get kicked by somebody. Uh, you look at these, you look at injuries, but accidents in general, burns uh, are very prevalent. When people burn themselves, that is a that that that's pretty bad and very sensitive as well. Then we can have overuse of certain body parts. Totally true. Funny thing is when you often watch tennis players, or maybe not as much. I think they have learned the lessons, but. A tennis player with a left was a lefty. His left arm was one and a half times bigger than his than his right arm or her right arm, and you see that when people use one part more than another, you can just tell the difference. Uh, uh, certain you know carpenters that use the all right-handed and their forearms are much bigger usually and stronger than the one on the left that they don't use as much uh, for for their work. Um, injuries. Well, that can be all kinds of stuff, obviously. It makes total sense. You have an injury most of the time. You see it also on the news. They say, well, just as a precaution, we, talk the, we, we took the injured people to the medical tent or we took them to the emergency room to be checked over to make sure that everything was okay. So why do they do that? Well, part of it is when people have been exposed to an injury, or an accident, for example, then sometimes there is a delayed pain response. The adrenaline is so high that they are totally with their mind to fried. And when that happens, you you may not think that much about the the pain itself. You're st you're kind of in a daze, and you need some professionals that understand that and read that and take you into the ambulance or who take you into a special uh, tent or something where the uh, or they take you to the to the hospital emergency room make sure you're completely checked over and so that is that is a, a very uh, a good thing to do because we do not always we do not always understand what happened to us when we've been in an injury we may have been hit in the head and we may have a memory problem or relapse or we just have some kind of a trauma 
to their head. We don't know what we're thinking. We don't know what we're doing or what we're feeling. You can have infections. Infections could be chronic also. You can have a chronic underlying infection that has entered your body that has literally affected you. For example, it could be a yeast infection, a candida infection, whereby you actually deal with an overgrowth of candida in the body that can start affecting healthy organs and it can cause, therefore, um, craving for foods that usually are not the best foods to eat because they they keep piling on on the inflammation it can start having effect on the skin uh, so for example candida candida yeast infection can have an effect on uh, can have urinary tract infection it those can be very painful you can have skin problems as i mentioned uh, rashes eczema um, you can have eye problems vision problems thyroid problems so a chronic candida infection can really help it can really uh, create those symptoms when you're looking at infections there are all types of infections that could have happened because you had an open wound and dirt came in and your immune system was not able to fight that off right away so it starts to penetrate and eventually turn into some kind of an infection well that causes pain i mean it may cause swelling redness bleeding le- uh, leaking of fluids no fun no fun for sure you can have an infection on the heart and that can cause the heart to act weird and that can cause that lungs can be affected you can have a slow infection that eventually can turn into a cancer or to a chronic deterioration of tissue so keep that in mind another reason of physical pain is inflammation And inflammation is such a broad way of looking at pain because in a way you could say, well, every pain is inflammation. Yes, but anything with itis, arthritis, bursitis, hepatitis, sinusitis, uh, diverticulitis, colitis, these are all itises. Itises indicate inflammation. The, the problem that I have expressed in the past is that when you are fighting an inflammation, it is your body's red light blinking that says, hey, please pay attention. There is something going on inside your body that needs, that needs, that needs your time. And you need to slow down and look at this. Look at the patient, who you are the patient. Look at it and start analyzing it, finding out where it came from, and start a healing process. So this is an important point because too many times we we have the inflammation, but we ignore it. And when you go to a physician, instead of the physician saying, okay, you have an inflammation, let's find out where this is coming from. How long have you had it? Have you been eating something wrong? Have you been exposed to something that maybe you weren't aware of? You need to figure out, analyze kind of what what happened. Why did this happen? So in any case, I, I feel that when you're dealing with inflammation, it needs a further look, especially physical inflammation, because it is really our body telling us very clearly what is going on. So 
if you have a chance, stay tuned all the way to 11 o'clock. We're going to keep going on physical, mental, emotional, physical pain, spiritual pain, and also fatigue. Hope you stay with us all the way. We will be right back. It's nice to be with you. Uh, today's topic is pain and fatigue. Pain and fatigue. And there is a lot to say about that. So I thought to to focus the show on that, and I, I, I actually don't think that we'll, to really dig deep, it's going to be very difficult to discuss all this in one show. We may have to do two shows on it, maybe get another expert, pain expert on. But to 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 talk about concepts to make sure that pain is not just physical. Now, I do believe that many of us have the physical manifestation of pain, but it may have been caused by either an emotional imbalance, pain, sadness, whatever, mental fighting, and maybe a spiritual sadness that we are dealing with and it, it needs to come out somehow so we may experience physical pain but that's not per se where it started and hopefully we're going to get to a lot of these uh, points that i have over here to talk to you about today and also we will discuss fatigue which i think fatigue often is directly related to uh, the pain part because one can cause the other and if you like to join the program today, 522-8255, we have a caller here. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the show. What's your name? How can we help you? This is Clint. Clint, good morning to you. Well, good morning to you, Jacobus. Thanks a lot, Clint. You know, I'm starting to get a pain. In uh, in the rear? I'm starting to get a pain in my butt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, in your rear. And the closer it gets to April 15th, uh, the worse it's getting. Oh yeah, you know what it's I a mean? heavy, heavy feeling on the wallet. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bad pain. <laughs> you know, and and especially with the, all the bond issues and one thing and another and mill levies. Yeah, and, yeah. And when it reaches that point, yeah, boy, I tell you, I don't, I just go around in circles. I don't know what the hell to do. I see. Ah. But now being on a more serious uh, point. Mood. Uh, well, I want to talk about drugs a little bit. Yeah. The president wants to build a wall. And he wants to keep the drugs out of the country. And my answer the other day to, on Tom's show was this here. If we stop and think a minute... About every city and town in this United States and the sheriff's offices and the police offices of every city that are dealing with these drugs and the people. Now, if that isn't a crisis, I'll eat the whole Gallatin River and the bridge. That is a crisis in the United States. And my other question is this. Do you have people that have been on drugs or on drugs come to your store and try to get some kind of a remedy or some kind of a, a, a supplement to relieve the pain of the drugs? Well, the I don't really understand what your first question is. 
about the wall, you start talking about the wall, what what exactly was the question well, attached well, well, to that? Okay, the question is this here. President Trump wants $5 billion, a little over that, okay. to build this wall. Yeah. Okay, now why does he want it? He wants to stop the drugs. Okay. Okay, and the next thing is, every city and town in this United States, the sheriff's office and the police offices are dealing with drugs daily. Now, if that ain't a crisis, if that is not a crisis across this United States, I don't know what is. Look at the billions of dollars we're spending on drug rehab and things like that. And that's why I ask you about people come, maybe coming to you for a supplement if they get off drugs or something or they're trying to get straight again. Yeah. You see what I'm saying about uh, it? Totally. It's billions of dollars. Yes. People don't think about that, but it's billions of dollars spent on these drugs. And yeah. in every town in this United States, every little town that has a has any kind of, of a high school, or it's, it, it's full of it. Well, I, I, I think it is a crisis, Clint. And I have to tell you that, in my opinion, this is such a deep problem. It's such a complex problem. Yep. And it doesn't mean that I want to... Uh, I want to uh, trivialize your point or, yep. or make it sound like, oh, well, just this is the solution. It is a very deep point because of the amount of people that have been involved. Yep. Uh, you uh, Eventually, it is money. It's all driven by money. And the the people who there are people who have nothing and they want to make money and they have an opportunity to start making money by selling drugs on the yep. street. So the desperation, so for me, there is a lot that has to do with uh, if you are a parent, if you decide to become a parent of a, of a new soul, a new baby, you need to do your own work. You need to know why you want to be a parent. I mean, having intercourse is real simple, right? That is a very quick action. Yeah. If you get pregnant out of that, well, that's a process, but you need to understand what your role is in the relationship to a new baby that is being born. So I find out that a lot of parents have not really worked on their own issues, so they themselves are often imbalanced, giving that to their children who now go by the example and become imbalanced themselves. Well, when Yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, Jacobus, here's another thing. As you know, I lost my daughter in Anasar from I drugs. Know. Very sad. Drugs and alcohol. Okay. Now, where did these drugs come from? These drugs came from through the doctor, from the pharmaceuticals, through the doctor, through the pharmacy, and given to her opioids. Now, I'm blaming the doctors for prescribing them, over-prescribing them, mm. and I'm also blaming the pharmaceutical industry. Yes, of course. Well, now, see, and then they take guys like you that want to try to help these people. They're trying. I seen it on the TV this morning. They're trying to get rid of you guys. Yep. The FDA is trying to say, uh-uh, no more, no more supplements. Well, they're not, they're not saying that exactly. Um, well, they damn what, near said it this morning. Well, what I read, uh, what the FDA was talking about, and I looked at a website, the National yeah. Product Association, they're just trying to regulate it a little bit better because they're feeling that there are those companies who are legitimately working on doing the research, creating tablets that, and capsules, 
and liquids and powders that yep. have the ingredients in it that it says on the label that has been approved by the FDA, that has been grandfathered in by the FDA, or it has been approved by the FDA. There are more and more companies coming out who are small-time companies who are specialized on certain products who want to ride the wave. And they're talking about when you go back 25, 30 years ago, it was maybe 20 years ago, yeah. the dietary supplement industry was about a $4 billion industry having about 5,000 different products mm-hmm. on the market. Today, we're talking about a about $40 billion industry that is obviously eating into the profits of the, uh, the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. But at the same time, we have now grown to about 70,000, 80,000 different products on the market. So the, 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 the industry has grown tremendously. And what happens, Clint, is that you have people who stand on the outside and say, hey, I want a piece of that. And, and they create products that are not always kosher. They're not always the right ingredients. They just promise a lot on the label. It's all about the money. It is all about the money. And that is, I see that more and more. But this is the worry, in my opinion, that the FDA has, uh, whereby they say, we got to be very careful with some of these companies because they're trying to slip in and they do something that should not be taken. That is, there are ingredients in it that are different than what it says on the label, or the ingredients are, are dangerous. Right. Now, you can say, well, that means that is the first food in the door, and then the next thing they're going to do is they're going to talk to other companies who make products who are already on the market. But I cannot imagine that uh, that an FDA is going to shut down vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin K, calcium, magnesium, all that stuff. I, I think... Uh, even the guy who wrote the article of somebody from the FDA said, I've used dietary supplements myself for decades, and it really works. But he said, my worry is that there are those who are slipping in who shouldn't be in the industry. Well, my wife, you know, she takes the, the dietary uh, vitamins daily, you know, I know yeah. multiple vitamins, and she takes those. I've never taken a, uh, one in my whole life, nothing. Mm-hmm. The only thing I ever took was, uh, of course, the U tip stuff. Yeah, that's the only thing I've ever taken in my life. Yeah. The thing is, thing is, what I'm saying is, the pharmaceutical companies are coming down hard. From what I've read and what I've seen on the television, on the supplemental things like you sell. Yeah. After you. Yeah. Yeah, and they're constantly after you. Yeah, they are. But there are watch groups in Washington who know every bill that's coming through and every bill that has is attached to another bill, and they check all those bills. And I, I do know that it, during the previous administration was one thing that, that it often came up, that they were trying to slip in um, bills that would try to prohibit the sale of dietary supplements and make that one of those sub-bills. You know how it goes. We talk about a healthcare bill, but then they slip in something that is like an amendment um, of addendum, whatever you want to call it, that is just put in in the last minute. And if you haven't read it, you vote for the bill, you actually vote that thing in. And and that is, we have, luckily, we have watchdog groups in Washington who are making sure that whatever bill is going through, that we, we check all the, the <laughs> we check all the points that are being brought to, brought to the chambers. Jacobus, the leadership of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, jolly is the ones that will say, well, we want this bill passed. We have this many votes. Uh, we have two-thirds of these here. 
on the Republican side. We may have that on the Democratic side, and we want these passed. And so consequently, the President of the Senate and, the, and Speaker of the House will go ahead and pass these bills, give them to the President. But in then doing so, these uh, these bills have what they call earmarks, which is another bill. Yeah, that's what I'm was talking about. That's what I meant. Absolutely right. And these earmarks, or these other bills, are attached to the main bill, and a lot of times they're not even read, and they're passed. And that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's right, and that's where yeah. you get a pain in the butt. Yeah. Now, to uh, about your second question, do people come in the store and ask about pain pills or something for pain uh, because they want to avoid prescription drugs or opioids? Right. And or do I have people come in the store? who have been taking opioids, who have been taking pain pills, who have tried to self-medicate and are looking for different alternatives because of the side effects that they're experiencing, such as indigestion, diarrhea, constipation, skin conditions, itching, all that stuff, headaches, uh, swelling in the eyes, dryness in the eyes. Those can all be side effects. And so, yes, uh, the answer is very simple. Yes, um, there are those who come in. They do ask a lot of questions because they are so used to the what they experience as the pain um, reduction, that which is what they're looking for. And many times they really don't have that much pain reduction. They realize that some of it is in the head. They're taking it. So if this is what they got from the physician who is the expert and they still have pain, then they're assuming that this is the reduction of pain. This is as good as it gets. And if they're not taking this pain medication, then things will probably get worse. So even though they don't see the results, so when I, they will keep taking what doesn't work and they're spending a lot of money on it. That's so right. what I try to tell people is what has happened to the tissue and if we can understand what caused the tissue damage, what can we do to partly reverse that? And can we do it with certain supplements? And how much time do they give me to start seeing results? Because some people literally come back two days later and say, it, it didn't work. And, and I go like, what do you mean it didn't work? Did, did the other stuff work? No, it doesn't work either. I said, have you been back to your doctor and asked your money back? Or do you ask for um, you know support? Otherwise, no, they don't dare to, but they, the people like to come to a health food store and then complain about something that doesn't work. Now, on the other hand, we have also had people who have been on opioids, opioids, yep. and literally said after two days of taking something such as turmeric or uh, curamin or something, one of these products that we have, they got rid of the opioids in two or three days. And so it is very different. We're all different people, the way we experience pain and discomfort and, and how we can handle it. And some people say, I want to use this. This is better for me. They may make some changes in the diet. They get rid of some inflammatory foods that may be eating. And, and then all of a sudden, they do have a double whammy. They're making changes in the diet. They're getting better sleep. And they're taking some dietary supplements that don't just numb the pain, but also start to heal the tissue. And that is what you want. Yeah, there's another thing that people should remember, that when you go shopping down at the store, whether you, it doesn't matter which grocery store you go to, be sure and read some of the labels and what's what's in the uh, food that you're, you're going to, you want to buy. Yeah. And compare that to what your doctor has said to you 
or yourself, Jacobus, if you said, well, avoid this here, avoid that, uh, the people better be careful that way, and that way then they won't have maybe create any more pain in their body. Yeah. And the thing is, is uh, I don't know what it is, It's, uh, but to me yeah, and myself, I think if we do think about all of the little towns and cities and the police departments and stuff of this country that are fighting this drug epidemic, I think it's more than reasonable that Mr. Trump uh, wants the border wall, and I think he should have the funding. And I think we should quit funding all the other nations in the world and start taking care of our own. And I, that's all I got to say, Jacobus. Well, that was a lot. You know, it's time that you start your own show, Clint. Not me. You should. Well. You call everybody else. Well. You like to say a lot of things. Well, I say true things. <laughs> yeah. I don't say no BS. Oh, you mean I don't, I don't say true things. So that's why I started my own show. Well, well the thing is, I was well. Being you said that, I was in the other day, and I I give Scott and uh, well, I give it to Tom. I give him some stuff there about uh, uh, the water. Yeah, I I cannot go into that topic right now. I just wanted to make a kind of a but, half-ass joke. Uh, you should start your own show. Yeah. You you and Daniel, you and Daniel should start a show together. No, me and Pete. Yeah, you and Pete. Throw Pete in there too. We got four microphones. Yeah, Pete. <laughs> I got to go, Clint. Okay. Okay. Thank you. But anyway, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. 522-8255. 522-TALK. That's right. The people always call. They they should start their own show. (laughs) And and let me tell you, I I never think about it because I want to be a good host, and I want to give you a chance to say what you want to say. But it is interesting over the years how many times I've had people say, hey, you know, can you let some of these calls go because I'm listening, trying to get information from you, and these people take up so much time and they're they're running in circles. And uh, you know, if you look at how much time I've spent on prepping this show, I like to get the message out, and uh, so I I appreciate calls, but we got to stick with the topic. We gotta we gotta stay on on task because let let's face it, I. I'm not a nationally syndicated show. I, I broadcast right here in the Bozeman and Gallatin Valley and Park County, and maybe people are listening over the Internet. Thank you so much for doing so. I, I know we have somebody listening in Lubbock, Texas, but and some people may be listening over the app. It's all great. But if this was a nationally syndicated show, I would have somebody sitting in another room taking all the phone calls and filtering through it and only giving you the ones that actually bring something that adds to the show and make the host look good. I never know who calls. I don't know. Well, you know, some names will show up on the little sign over here that will tell me, but most of the time it's just a number and I do not know who it is. And so uh, when that is the case, then it's hard for me to really make that distinction. I just got to take the call. I can't filter it. And I'll let you say what you want to say. And by... (laughs) In that case, we'll just move on from there. So help me out here, you know, make the show, call in if you want to call in, but let's let's make it count because there are many thousands of people listening. The show is well-received. I've been doing it almost 19 years, and we have grown in our listening population. And so people just want to, they want to hear what they have to hear. So 
Anyway, good morning, caller. Thanks you for joining. What's your name? How can we help you? Hey, this is Scott. Brothers. Scott, good morning to you. Good morning. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. That call was kind of making me crazy there for a minute. But anyway. Well, and I feel it too, Scott. You know, I feel it too. And I like the people individually. But when I'm sitting over here and uh, have three hours to talk with a guest or without a guest, I, I would like people to, uh, whoever calls, and we know who they are, I like them all. That's it, but but not always on the radio when uh, when it's it's just you know the good old guys uh, chit chatting. I, I know, and you you want to talk about pain, which is what I want to talk about. And here these guys are talking about the wall and taxes and all. You know, I mean, like they want to just hear themselves talk. But anyway, what I wanted to say was uh, I'm 62, going on 63. I've had uh, both shoulders redone. I've had a hip replacement. I've had quite a few things from athletics as a kid. But my feeling is that most pain is is diet-related. And I want to know what you think about that when I get done. But I think most pain is diet-related because a lot of it, in fact, a lot of things are diet-related, from self-esteem to pain to uh, a lot of things are diet-related because I think inflammation is the number one cause of pain. If you think about most pain, it, you know, it, it, it boils down to inflammation of some sort, which is mostly diet-related. And I used to be, and then the, from the emotional or the mental side that you talked about, um, the mental side is if you don't think that cayenne pepper and turmeric and uh, and ginger and all these things will work, if you don't think they'll work, they won't. Because you won't, number one, you probably won't use them. Yeah, and number two, you won't give them a chance to if you do. And like you say, forty-eight hours later, well, nothing's happened yet. Yeah. Well, I probably was one of the biggest skeptics around for a long time as far as holistic medicine and, and treatments and things uh, until you wear everything else out and it doesn't work, and uh, and then you start trying things because you're basically desperate for some kind of relief. And I have found that the aforementioned, you know, uh, things that you talked about the turmeric and the cayenne have worked wonders for me. Yeah. I mean, absolutely wonders. It does. It has. And, and uh, Scott, I agree with your point of diet. I've always told people, in spite of the fact that I sell supplements, my number one, the, the, the best way to start healing is to make changes in your diet because that is where all the nutrients are coming from. So making the correct choices and helping your body to get the nutrients they need to do the fixing themselves. Besides that, rest and not overuse. And and when you have had shoulders replaced and hip replacement and shoulders done, that, that sometimes can be because of um, work-related, uh, yeah. because we, do, we, we, we have the pressure to get the job done. And so there is a time limit. And there is, uh, there is the, the desire to get it done. And so sometimes when we start having pain from overuse, we, we pound our way through it. We take some opioids. We take some anti, uh, inst- uh, what do you call it? anti-inflammatories well, it be, simply it to, to, to continue to work. And we're doing more and more damage the whole time. Yeah. A lot, and a lot of it is weight-related. How much joint pain do you go with this weight-related? Also. How much, yeah, and that's all back to diet again. Yeah. You're right. Well, I got to run, Scott. I appreciate the call. Okay, bye-bye. We will be right back. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus.
We go back to the topic. Uh, before we do that, there is a text message from somebody who says, uh, we talked last week, well, it was actually two weeks ago already, silica. We talked about su- uh, super silica. Uh, we talked to Bert Golding. And he said, uh, does this help leaky gut and also hair breakage at the scalp? It is, when you listen to Bert Golding talk about it, he says, when you realize that silica is a major producer of collagen, then if you keep taking the silica, yes, over time you will help to repair collagen. And we have collagen at the follicles of the hair, so it will make the hair healthier. We also have collagen in the lining of the intestine, the inside and the outside. So yes, when you are eating, when you're taking more silica, you can help yourself with that. But with everything, caller or or texter, whoever you are, with everything like this, it comes down to different things. It comes down also to your diet, are you eating things that have that create an allergy that is an sense an allergy into the bloodstream? Can we avoid that? So instead of irritating the lining while it's trying to repair with the silica, and there is other things you can do. Uh, some people like to use MSM, uh, methyl sulfonyl methane, which is a precursor to sulfur, the mineral sulfur, which is also a precursor to collagen. Or who take uh, well, who take the salt for the MSM on a daily basis can actually can actually see and feel a difference in the repair of the intestine. So we have seen it very well with people with diverticulitis. Also, colitis and Crohn's starting to heal the process. Diverticulitis has been really successful with the sulfur, as far as I'm concerned. From what I have seen, you do a teaspoon of powder in some water two times a day and then you do that for about a month and you will start noticing a big difference in the way your pain will disappear and the diverticulitis uh, is is you you just feel the pain reduce so does that is that a cure i don't know uh, but it is a very inexpensive way to find relief and to do something good for your body because it actually helps to rebuild collagen so Yes, silica can help with the leaky gut. It's not an overnight success. It is going to be something like like uh, Bird Golding mentioned. It will be several months. You will you will have to do something with your diet, and you have to take the silica. So you stop the inflammation from happening, and meanwhile you start to repair the tissue. Also, hair breakage at the scalp. Different reasons can be the case. It can also be a uh, reason of a low thyroid that needs to be addressed. Thyroid can cause brittle hair, uh, hair loss and brittle hair and brittle hair and nails. It can also, um, yeah, it, 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 uh, the, the hair breakage at the scalp can be from a thyroid problem, like I mentioned. It can also happen because of a lack of the correct form of omega-6, which is the uh, GLA, gamma-linolenic acid, GLA, in your diet. So maybe taking an evening primrose oil, and an, uh, uh, borage oil, borage oil, B-O-R-A-G-E, B-O-R-A-G-E, can also have an effect on healing by, uh, hair, skin, nails, the immune system, 
and hormonal imbalances. So that will be another thing you could think about, adding that to the body. Take one that gives you, um, what I say, 1,500 milligrams, well, you know, close to 1,000 milligrams of GLA a day would be awesome. And you can start incorporating that. So now you don't have all the excess omega-6s, which can be inflammatory. You actually use the active component in the oil, and then you start seeing the benefits for your immune health and for healthier hair. So hopefully that answers your question. Um, let me see here. There's somebody else coming in. Um, okay, uh, this, is a, this is a text that I just get in, and it says, I just wanted to agree with one of your last callers that the curcumin and xiflament-type products have reduced. Now, xiflament has been around for over 45 years and Zyflement is a product that contains a few herbs, but also it contains a few enzymes. They're called cryptin of uh, crypsin and thymocrypsin. I think yeah, that's what it is. Uh, crypsin and thymocrypsin that have anti-inflammatory effects. And it says uh, it has reduced my pain in my joints and feet and nerves by about 80% over the last two years, but I also realized that there was a huge component in my diet. I have allergies to wheat and dairy, and the more I kept those out of my diet, the less inflammation I have. So yes, there you go. Pain can literally be because of certain dietary habits that we have, and habits are the hardest thing to break. If you have the discipline to change your habits, you will start seeing an improvement in inflammatory disorders. So thank you very much for that text. I appreciate that. Now, in the first hour, I was talking about pain that it may have different causes. I, I mentioned a uh, an article in Wikipedia that talks about pain, and I mentioned a bunch of pains that are involved in that article, uh, mentioned in an article. Now, some of the causes that I came up with is the physical pain, so you can have acute and chronic. You can have pain from accidents, um, burns, for example, overuse of certain body parts, injuries, infections, inflammation. Anything that ends with the word itis is an inflammation. It can also happen because of surgery. Surgery can actually cause more pain afterwards than you had before. I have talked now to several people who have had knee replacements, and there is something went wrong with the surgery. And they, they make you all these promises, well, we just cut this out and we put this in, and then your problem is solved. It is not that easy. And I, I, I know that some of you will say, I have no more cartilage. And I'm not saying that you do or that you don't. You can look that up with x-rays and MRIs. But there are different things you can do to start alleviating the pain and maybe, maybe regrow some of the tissue. Even if there is a lint left, you have enough to start regrowing. So before you have things cut out of your body, before you have somebody go through the skin, through the nerves, through muscles, get to the bone, take the bone out, replace it, do all that good stuff, you cannot put it back in. 
So just keep that in mind. You take it out, you can't put it back in. I was just talking to somebody and he's fighting all of a sudden very acute hypothyroidism. And I said too, if the doctor says we're going to take it out, think twice because once it's out, it's out. And you will have to deal with thyroid issues for the rest of your life, but you're getting rid of the acute problem today. Is that the way to go? Maybe. When people are diagnosed with cancer, the first thing doctors say, we're going to go in on three days from now, come back, we're going to take that puppy out, or we are going to give you a mastectomy, or we take the prostate out, or we take, and I understand it all, but there is this immediate panic. You've Many times you've lived with this for a while, and can you therefore undo the damage? Is there other, other ways that you can undo the pain? And then we have medical mistakes. I talked to somebody yesterday who had a, a knee replacement done, and the knee replacement was more for a for a, a larger knee than for her knee. So you you cram that in, the surrounding tissue needs to adjust to the change. It's like you put on braces in your mouth for children. Well, it's gonna they're gonna be in pain because the teeth are put are pushed out into the size they need to be at. Well, when you deal with somebody who is an adult who has the wrong component put in the body, the surrounding tissue will have to stretch and, and you know, do something uh, to expand to let that new component be absorbed or be functioning in the spot that you put it in. So sometimes mistakes are being made besides the fact that um, – Sometimes nerves are cut. Uh, mistakes are made in different ways. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, then, of course, we have medication. We're going to go into the medication more. Medication can cause pain. There are people who have pain from the medication. They just feel miserable. You can get physical pain from actually chemotherapy and radiation. If I... the I've talked to women who have breast cancer who have been with radi- who have been radiated, whose skin, men with prostate problems, they've been radiated so much they can't even sit on the rear end anymore. The skin is just gone, it's just raw. That's pain. That's a lot of pain. I had to do a bunch of sit-ups the other day and I got a raspberry on my rear end from the, the chafing. That's pain. But it's nothing compared to people who have radiation or have burn marks on the body that may never go away. And I've talked about it before. We can have a whole lot of show on cancers. There is no guarantee that radiation or chemo will cure cure you from the cancers. So you have to go through all this pain to find out later, well, we couldn't do anymore. It's, uh, you know, there is a, I, I, I have a business consultant who always says, Before you start anything, know where you're going. Know what the end goal is. Study the steps. Make sure you're going to do it right because too many times we start things and we find out we're getting ourselves in a bigger mess. Well, chemo radiation is one of those, one of those, two of those therapies that are out there that many times create more damage than that they actually do healing. And people who come to me and say, well, I had chemo radiation, my cancer is gone. Trust me, the cancer was not there. Listen to what I say. The cancer was not there because you hadn't had the chemo and radiation yet. 
So you needed chemo radiation to get rid of something. The cancer got there because of something else going on in your body. And so if you if you start having these aches and pains and you need to to get rid of a cancer in this case, then chemo radiation is not per se the best choice right away. I understand it. It's the protocol. And if that is what you want to do, and if you trust your doctor, go with it. But if you have the pain afterwards, what can you do to avoid that, to work on that, to, to help with that? Doesn't mean now you got to go on medication, other more medication. Your body can only handle so much before it really starts to yell back at you with uh, screaming pain. And then, of course, we have when you do chemo radiation, many times the nerves are damaged. But you can also have pinched nerves, obviously, physically. That can be an issue. And when you have nerve pain, we all know about neuropathy and numbness. So diabetes can be a can really cause physical pain uh, to many, many people. Uh, we sometimes take it lightly, but I tell you what, if you have dialysis because you have diabetes, that's a pretty painful situation. And the dependence that you have on the dialysis because otherwise you're going to die, it's not something that you simply want to sign up for. Trust me. 522-8255, caller, good morning to you. What is your name, please? How can we help you? Good morning, Jacobus. A wonderful program again today. Oh, thanks, Thank Linda. Thank you so much. This is Linda. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Linda. And I've been listening to your broadcast this morning. It's it's just so great, the information. Oh, thank uh, you. Yes, and I totally agree about inflammation. And it can be caused by what we're breathing in the air, the yeah. water that we're drinking, or the food choices. Yeah. And a lot of times they're hidden. I know a lot of people trying to lose weight. Uh, I have a dear friend who uh, moved into the city and started drinking the city water. Uh, just uh, within a couple of months had gained um, 50, 60 pounds. Wow. And changed the water and, um, yeah, had lost almost all of it within two months. I'll be done. Yeah. That's amazing. So, and, you know, water is so critical. But if there's an allergen in the water, and it can be, we need water. Yes. And so we just plan on it being safe, and we drink it. And so our, we have to figure out ways to, uh, you know, knowledge is so wonderful. And I just am so thankful for your program. Oh, thank and you. And <laughs> what I have found is a simple remedy for so many people if they would like to do that. Yeah. Now, you know, I've gotten into herbs a lot. Yeah. And we have a wonderful herb here in Montana called plantain. Plantain. And okay. it is silica. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so you can make, uh, like I do, I make my, you can make salve, you can make tinctures, you can dry it and make it into tea, take it internally, uh, make face cream. I mean, it, it is just incredible yeah. what it will do for your hair and your skin and your nails and your bones and joints, and it kills a lot of inflammation. Hmm. And it grows very readily here in Montana. It's, it's almost declared a weed. <laughs> wow, yeah, that is something. Yeah, so plantain, wow, is, plantain is a wonderful way for people who desire to eat more from the land. Yeah. Because um, you can plant it, you can dig it up and 
plant it in your own garden or backyard, and it will thrive. It loves Montana. I'll like be darned. Do. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, and thank you so much. Oh, I thank you, Linda. Your program, your information is incredible. You'll be blessed, and we'll be in touch again. <laughs> thank you. Same to you, Linda. Bye-bye. Thanks. Uh, bye-bye. bye-bye. 522-8255 is the number, 522-TALK. If you would rather text me, you can do so as well. Do that over number 406-266-7617. Other reasons for physical pain. Phantom pains. You know, people who have lost a limb often complain about pain. There are shooting pains. Uh, The Wikipedia story talks about phantom pain and uh, let me see which page was it on. A lot of pages. Phantom pain. Phantom pain is pain felt in a part of the body that has been amputated or from which the brain no longer receives signals. It is a type of neuropathic pain. The prevalence of phantom pain in upper limb amputees is nearly 82%. The prevalence of phantom pain in upper limb amputees is nearly 82%, and in lower limb amputees is 54%. One study found that eight days after amputation, 72% of patients had phantom limb pain, and six months later, 67% reported it. Some amputees experience continuous pain that varies in intensity or quality. Others experience several bouts of pain per day, or it may occur less often. It is often described as a shooting, crushing, burning, or cramping. If the pain is continuous for a long period, parts of the intact body may become sensitized so that touching them evokes pain in the phantom limb. Phantom limb pain may accompany urination or defecation. Local anesthetic injections into the nerves or sensitive areas of the stump may relieve pain for days, weeks, or sometimes permanently, despite the drug wearing off in a matter of hours. And small injections of hypertonic saline into the soft tissue between vertebrae produces local pain that radiates into the phantom limb for 10 minutes or so and may be followed by hours, weeks, or even longer of partial or total relief from phantom pain. Vigorous vibration or electrical stimulation of the stump or current from electrodes surgically implanted into the spinal cord all produce relief in some patients. So I take that as very, very, very um, experimental still, I would say. Um, this is also interesting, and I've heard about this before. For people with phantom pains who have had amputations, they say mirror box therapy produces the illusion of movement and touch in a phantom limb, which in turn may cause a reduction in pain. Isn't that interesting? So you you, you sit down... And you put a mirror, for example, next to your leg so you can still see. You see, it's almost like you see the opposite leg uh, 
now it makes it look like you have two legs, two feet. And then you can move one and it starts to, it's almost like you're moving the one that is gone. And that has helped people to overcome some pain. So in any case, I, I recommend you check some of that out. It's really fascinating stuff. And I hope that, uh, by the way, that you listen all the way. We have we're already halfway through the show. Just an hour and a half to go till 11. Gesundheit with Jacobus will be right back. Thanks for listening today. Another reason why we often have pain is because of fatigue. Believe it or not, I, I said earlier, we are integrating fatigue and pain together. It is definitely something that plays a role and uh, is something to keep in mind. So when we get tired, our body is trying to connect with the brain and say, I, I need to stop. I need to slow down. So sometimes that can turn into a physical pain. You wake up with pain in the neck. You have lower back pain. You have pain in your heel, pain in your ankle. Uh, you just have pain. And your mind will tell you to get up and walk it off. But because you got a full agenda for the day. But for many people, this is pain they start already with. They don't want to deal with it. So they start popping pills right away because they're going to get over it. But it is the fatigue that instigates the physical pain. Then, of course, we can have headaches and traumatic brain injuries. So keep that in mind. There are issues with hormonal imbalances. Women with PMS. There are a lot of pain symptoms that they can feel, sometimes to the point where they have to take days off from work and just lay in bed and rest. And so these are pains that are not there all the time, but they come up and they're triggered by a hormonal imbalance, so physical pain. Prostate issues, men who have swollen prostates get up in the middle of the night, losing sleep, getting tired, getting pain, painful urination related to the prostate. Then people have pain from allergies. It could be literally a physical allergy. You could have an allergy to an herb that you touch or you eat something that you're allergic to that causes a physical ailment. Uh, you could have stomach indigestion, etc. And indigestion, by the way, is another one that we got to keep in mind here as far as the pain is concerned, the physical pain. Um, so allergies can come in many different ways, shapes, and sizes. And if you have an allergy that causes an autoimmune disease, then you are, the allergy is the trigger. We have to get rid of the allergen to start the healing process to not feed the pain. The pain is letting us know there is something that needs our attention. So don't look at it as something we want to push away. We need to deal with it. You know, some people say, my spouse is a pain. Well, you can't just push him away. You're going to have to deal with it, right? Unless, well, some people don't. But in most, most cases, people who are serious about this say, okay, I'll work this out. Okay, I'll spend some time, you know. But it could be a great thing because often when you try to resolve the issue with your best friend in that relationship, you actually may learn something about yourself. And it may be painful to hear the truth. But I tell you what, you start feeling a lot better afterwards. As I mentioned, indigestion. Now, one of the things we got to keep in mind here is the connection with indigestion 
the pain of indigestion, not just from something that we're eating that keeps causing, give us an allergen. We also may deal with the vagus nerve. Vagus nerve is spelled V-A-G-U-S, vagus nerve. The vagus nerve, historically cited as the the pneumogastric nerve, the pneumogastic, is the 10th cranial nerve, or abbreviated as CN, X, X is 10, CN stands for cranial nerve, is the 10th cranial nerve and interfaces with the parasympathetic control of the heart, lungs, and digestive tract. The vagus nerves are paired but are normally referred to in the singular, so just vagus nerve, so a bunch of nerves. It is the longest nerve in the autonomic nervous system in the human body. So there is a connection. The vagus nerve goes all the way through the stomach and into the intestines. And so when something in the brain where, where the vagus nerve starts or is also located, if something causes an anxiety or a fear, it for some people that can cause their digestion just to collapse. Um, uh, people can be, you know, often you see when people have a severe anxiety, a fear, they may pee their pants. You have sometimes seen in the war movies when um, victims are under so much threat uh, from the enemy and they're, they're, they're almost getting killed and you see them literally uh, defecate or urinate because they lose complete control of the digestion and the control of the bowels and the urination, which in many ways is directly connected with digestion as well. So the pain can be extremely, it can be extreme when the vagus nerve is, which you have, is not under control, is doing its stuff, which is waking up your digestive system and causing pains. You can have pain from seizures, very painful, can be very painful and shocking as well. And then there are people who have physical pain from the withdrawal from addictions, especially drugs. So hopefully the and, and this is also an important thing. People who try to, re, to 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 go through the rehab will know that they're probably going to be in a lot of pain, a lot of agony, pain, curling up, uh, holding themselves in wrenching in pain, wrenching in pain. Um, definitely something that can happen now. I'm sorry that somebody just called. They hung up. I'm sorry, caller. If you want to call me back, I uh, I wanted to get through this list. I keep getting stuck, so I was going to answer your question. If you want to call, please call again, 522-8255. I like to hear what you have to say. Now, I also want to talk to you about pain that, in my opinion, is an emotional pain. For some people, physical pain is easy. It's not pleasant, but they say, this is much easier than the pain I feel in my heart. And heartache, heartache that some people have, they can be so sad and so full of fear that their heart is almost like it gives up, gives in. Emotional heartache, 
Then you have grief, loss of a loved one, uh, or of your favorite pet, or of somebody close to you. That pain is often causes people to be inconsolable. It, 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 it is a pain that you cannot put a Band-Aid on. You, you may get a hug from somebody. You may be told that you're the best. You may be told that we are with you, we empathize, blah, blah, blah. That pain is something that keeps you up at night. It affects your daily routine. It is a pain that may eventually turn into a physical pain if you do not process it correctly. Many of the physical pains have a cause in the emotions. And let's say, for example, you lose a loved one. Horrible. But it happens. It's part of life. But you lose a loved one. You are dealing, first of all, with the shock. And sometimes shock doesn't allow you to, 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 to have the pain then you have to deal with the paperwork, the funeral arrangements, uh, the flowers, the invitations. The uh, You still have to eat. Um, whatever comes up when you're dealing with the loss of a loved one, you got to go back to work at some point. You, you have children. You got to take care of your children. These are pains that have to be pushed away for a while until there will be the time that we can process that. And if we kind of keep moving forward and say, oh, everything is okay, eventually that pain will come out physically. It needs to come out. You either need to work on it, you need to do your emotional work, working with counselors, learning how to do emotional freedom technique or EFT, which is a tapping. You tap spots on your body. There is eye movement, desensitization, and revitalizing. It is EMDR. That's a wonderful therapy. There is talk therapy. There is therapy where you can literally work through the emotions. You need to have somebody you can bounce it off on. And the best way usually is a professional. Because these people are trained to listen and to hear what you have to say and, and and be non-attached to you, but work with the situation. Not, you know, that will help you, obviously. So that is an important one. Sadness. Sadness is an emotion that can happen. Some people say, I just feel so sad. And you can say, did you lose anybody? Did you somebody die? No, no. I just feel sad. How do you deal with that? It's pain. Very painful. It just slows these people down. They can barely function in society or even do simple things in their own life. It is a heaviness. It is a sadness. It's a hardness in the heart. Whatever that is, that is no, it wouldn't be a hardness in the heart. It would be more pain in the heart. Then you have, of course, the emotional pain from a divorce or a breakup or separation. Relationship issues weigh very, very hard on people for a while. They have to go through the healing process. Then, of course, we have PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. This is deep. This can go back to 
the time when you were just born, a stress, a, a, um, a pain that may have been inflicted upon you, knowingly or not, but the way you experience this, if it is anchored in your cells, and if you don't deal with that, it will actually come out at some point, and it may be a trauma. Now, most of the time we think about PTSD, about um, simply the, the the stresses that come with an event that happened. Um, my, my wife yesterday in the store talked to a lady. We haven't seen her for a while. I didn't have a chance to talk to her, but she was in Las Vegas when the shooting happened about a year ago. Was it a year ago or two years? About a year ago with the sniper who shot from the hotel window. And she said it was an unbelievable, unrealistic experience. And they dropped to the ground. She said bullets were ricocheting off the cement, off the concrete, flying right past them. To have that kind of an experience, if you're not trained in that, there are people in the military who will pee their pants, even though they're trained to deal with bullets flying, flying over. Not everybody is cut out for that. And if you're in a situation where you're enjoying music and you're getting exposed to bullets flying around and you don't know what you do, your first impulse is to drop down. And that's what she did. And then they started running. And, and one thing, in her panic, in her stress, in her pain, they ran, it was with her granddaughter, she ran and ran and ran, and she ran all the way to the airport in Vegas and was hiding there in a little house or something, and there were 30 other people hiding in there already. And then I heard they got in the car and they didn't speak to each other till they came, till they were past Dylan. Can you imagine that? Driving and just ha have your eyes open on the road and start driving and don't stop until you hit Dylan in Montana. And then they talked. Then words came out of the mouth. It was quiet until that time. That's a stress, folks. That is unreal. That kind of pain, emotional shock, trauma, that is a PTSD that takes a long time to get over. The memories, the fear, the anxiety, checking wherever you go. Where's the exit? Where do I get out? Interesting. Very interesting. We sometimes just look at pain and say, oh, we got pain. People like this, this kind of trauma, they say, you don't know what pain is. Oh, no, I cut my finger. It really hurts. You don't know what real pain is. It doesn't leave you alone. It's with you wherever you go. It, 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 it may make you do things have uncontrollable movements because the something reminds you. She mentioned when you hear a helicopter fly over, when a helicopter, just that sound comes in. It sounds like bullets. It sounds like there is a machine gun going off when you listen to a helicopter. But for some people, it's a helicopter. For other people, it's like it reminds me of this, this and immediately the PTSD kicks in. It's tough. It's tough, really is. And then emotional, another cause of emotional pain is, again, fatigue. You're literally emotionally drained. 
You're so drained, you can barely move. You can barely get out of the chair. You're just done. Mental pain. Mental pain. The next one. Mental pain. Feeling conflicted about something. You can't make up your mind about something that you have witnessed if you can agree with it or you cannot agree with it and you're tortured in your mind and it just hurts to think about it. It could be part of the trauma that you experience maybe in the emotions, but the emotions are working very strongly through your brain, through your mind. Mental pain. Another one. Fanaticism. Fanaticism. I have said before that, in my opinion, we have two major parts to our bodies. There is a section above the neck. We call it the head, the brain. I call it the coach. The coach will talk to you 24-7. Doesn't leave you alone. Makes your agenda, gets you going, gets you started, gets you excited. But it can also get you become a fanatic. Whatever the fanaticism is. Now, you may say, well, I'm fanatic, but it doesn't hurt me none. That I understand. But trust me, your brain is suffering. Your brain is in pain. Fanaticism of many different kinds. I think you can fill in the blanks yourself. Another mental pain, anger. Anger is not just in the heart. Anger is often a pain in the brain that you just cannot let go. You're holding on to it because the anger is gives you a feeling of you are being yourself. I have a right to be angry. So I'm angry. That's who I am. I'm angry when I think about that or that person, that situation, that trauma I have experienced in my life. That is me. That is my, that defines who I am. It's an anger. And is it right or wrong? It doesn't matter. It is, it is, that, that anger will not let people go. It will not set you free. It doesn't move you forward. You are stuck. You're stuck in the present and you're stuck in the past. You have no, you have no vision yet to move forward. There will come a point and the point will come, trust me, if you want to, and those of you listening to a show like this know that you want to, there will come a point where you have to let go of the anger. You have to find a way to let go because you realize there are things why you're angry. The reasons why you are angry that has nothing to do with you. It wasn't you. It was something else or somebody else. That person has moved on. That situation has been repaired. You're stuck with it. So it affects you. Eventually, you need to realize that it is you who needs to find the healing. And there are ways to do it. But that anger that just in the mind hurts you is something we can work on. Another mental health, mental pain, 
Again, fatigue. Sometimes we can overthink and overthink and overthink everything. And we just cannot let go. We're literally mentally wiped. There is nothing left to give mentally. It causes the body to finally collapse. Stress. We have financial stress, work stress, relationship stress, stress in the love life. Relationships can be all kinds of stuff, right? But in your love life, you can have stress. Family life can cause stress. Political stress. Look at it. You turn on the TV, it's all about politics. And we haven't even started the campaign season yet. We just came out of all the commercials in November. We said, oh, we're done with that one. Trust me, before we get to it, there will be not a political, political stress. Everybody who has a political opinion will say that they are right. It makes up for a fun discussion all the time. And everybody politically will just fight and don't like somebody because they're a liberal or because they're conservative. It, it's unreal how political stress causes the mind to just, you can just see, you can just see the hair curl up. You can just see the fist go, the, the fingers start to curl. It is, it is almost funny when you see it happen at times. So in any case, mental stress, boy, oh boy. Then we have fear, which you can say, well, that is emotional. No, there are mental fears for things to happen that will not happen, but you somehow keep telling yourself that it will happen. And you're afraid. You talk to yourself. It could be an anxiety. So fear and anxiety in this case, in the mental pain realm, could work very well together. And and then, so you know what we should do? Let's take a break. And I, I'll discuss my last point of mental pain when we come back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Now, another reason of mental stress is how were you raised? How were you raised? And I, and I was thinking right away about the book by Bruce Lipton about the biology of belief, where he talks about those first six years of your life, your cells, your mind, your brain works like a sponge, your organs. You literally take in what you are exposed to. It's unbelievable how, not unbelievable, it is what it is. But to do that research that he did, cell biologist, PhD, Bruce Lipton, look him up, brucelipton.com, you realize that if you are growing up in a family that is working on themselves, parents, as I mentioned in the first hour, parents who say, before I become a parent, I need to do my own healing. I need to learn more about who I am. I do not want to make the same mistakes that I feel I've been exposed to by my parents. That doesn't mean you stand complete 90 degree opposite of what your parents did to you. 
but there are things that you need to learn, things that you don't like, try to heal from that. Things that you do like or did like, incorporate them. Now you can bring, you can give life to a new soul, to a new being, and raise that child to the best of what you think is how to raise a child. These are all important. What do you do with diet? How do you treat them emotionally? What do you, what do you show about what kind of person you are? How comfortable are you with yourself and your own issues? And there is never this end station. So don't get me wrong. You cannot get it all right, right from day one. It is an ongoing thing. But if you don't move your wagon, your train into the direction where you want to go, it's going to be very difficult because you're going to be distracted a lot with children. So it is, it is something to think about. How were you raised? How were you raised and how are you going to raise the next generation? It is unreal when you look at the mental capacity of a large percentage of the population who are literally dumber than a doorknob. They just have no understanding of history, even many politicians. You listen to them. They haven't learned anything from the history of this country. I think there will be discussions that I could have with some of the politicians about the history of this country where they probably don't know much about it. You need to understand history in order to make sure it doesn't happen again. And if you encounter something about history that you don't know, read something about it. Educate yourself. See how it fits in your life. Now you can share this information with the next generation. Many teachers, sadly enough, a job that I could not do in the setting that it is done in the school today. People who are teachers have a gift, in my opinion, to be there with eight up to 30, 35 children in a classroom, professors at the universities who may talk to 200 students, to be able to make a connection is a gift. And I can do it right here through the microphones over the radio station, but that's not the same. I can share information with you, but the young people give you feedback right away. And... I think there are brilliant young people who are doing a lot of work on themselves. They, 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 this whole, these indigo children, these, uh, these new age children, they have a gift. But you gotta, you have to help them along the way with your experience. You need to, you cannot just let them loose because they're so open for everything, they may actually totally take the wrong path. So the value system needs to come from the parents. And so parents, when I when I hear about parents divorcing because of irreconcilable differences, what is that? I just heard some people are growing apart in my family in the Netherlands. They're divorcing because they grew apart. What do you mean you grow apart? We're not angry with each other. No, we like each other. We're just growing apart. So we're divorcing. 
three children, including a 17-year-old who is just bawling his eyes out because he thinks, what's going on? My parents are divorcing. I mean, are you stupid or something? How can you just do that? Well, we grew apart. Well, work on it. This to me is just weakness. What message are you giving to your children? We have a problem. Let's just separate. Let's not educate. Let's not go and get some parent, some, some counseling. Let's look each other in the eye and let each other talk and finish our sentences. You know, some people do that. They have a talking stick. And they say, whoever has the stick talks. Everybody else listen. And you could do that for like five minutes, ten minutes. And you can't say a word. Just let them speak and pay attention. Don't roll your eyes. Listen. There is a message that's coming out and it's coming at you. How do you train your children? How do you teach your children to not have this mental anguish about parents divorcing and what is the reason for it, etc.? Just because we're older than children doesn't mean that we are the more mature ones in the room. It takes work. It really does. Every day. And there will be days where you have more time for it than others. Spiritual pain. Spiritual pain. We talked about the physical, the emotional, the mental, spiritual. Trying to understand life. Why are you here? People who don't get that will have an will often have as a defense mechanism a certain arrogance. They just become spiritually arrogant. They know it all. It's so funny, people who... <laughs> you sometimes see it on TV or in little clips on videos and you see people who proclaim, I don't believe... I don't believe in, in a God, in a being, in a universe, or in a spirit, whatever. And then something happens and they go like, oh my God. Oh my God. I have to laugh about that. I think it's just funny. <laughs> because why, why are they saying that? Anyway, trying to understand life. For some people, it's just a battle. And there is hatred and anger that comes out of that. And that is not... A mental hate or anger, this is literally angry. We're angry at life, angry at the world. And many times it is because of a traumatic event that has happened that causes this anger and hatred that is so deeply rooted, rooted it, 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 is, it, it, it comes up every day. And I, I visualize it as not something that is just in the head, but it is almost in the heart. Despising something. What is the reason for that? And some people have a spiritual and religious conflict. It, it's almost like a political discussion. My God is better than your God. Keep in mind that religion is, is the opium of the people. Those people who started religion knew exactly what they were doing. 
And this may sound like a shock to some, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. Do whatever you want to do. Don't hurt anybody. Don't steal from anybody. Don't even hurt yourself. You want to hit a pillow, hit a pillow. <laughs> what is that movie with uh, Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal? Analyze this. <laughs> he said, hit the pillow. <laughs> he grabs a gun and shoots the pillow. That's kind of funny. Anyway, but don't hurt anybody else. Don't hurt property unless it's your own. And try not to hurt yourself. And the spiritual, the, 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 the biggest pain, spiritual pain that people can experience is thoughts of committing suicide or actually doing the act. That to me is such a, you're so lost in your spiritual anger and frustration that you really feel that this life is not worth living. That there is nobody left in this world of 7 billion people who can say a few words that can turn on the switch, who can give you a hug and tell, tell you they love you, who can give you guidance in certain troubling times and who give you, who, who point at the horizon and say, there is a brighter future ahead. You don't have to be stuck right here. To lift that person out of the dumps and say, you know what, your worth your life is worth living. And I see again lately several young people have committed suicide. It is one of the saddest things, especially when you know who the parents are. And the parents say, yes, there were issues. There were issues. We, we know we saw the pain. It is... So sad. I mean, there are enough reasons already why people die because of disasters, diseases, surgeries. People die in the surgery table. Shouldn't happen. We pay way too much money for these people to help you, to do it right. There are times you cannot save a life. But those who say, my life is not worth living, I'm going to check out. That to me is the epitome of spiritual pain. 522-8255. 522-TALK is the number in the studio. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus and I am your host, Jacobus Holloway. What are some of the things and actions and medications and supplements and therapies that may help to reduce or overcome these types of pain? Well, some of them I mentioned, there are times when you, 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 you need help on an emotional level. For some people, it is going to church and kneel and pray. For other people, it's going on a walk and reflect on life. For other people, it is literally taking a dietary supplements like turmeric, fish oil, boswellia. There is an amino acid called phenylalanine. PA, and it is a combination with there's an L and there is a D. So they combine it and say DLPA, DL phenylalanine. 
grateful pain. Exercises. Exercising. And not just sitting on a bike watching TV. Listening to your headphones, through your headphones to music only. But to exercise and, and, and process and work it out. We need to exercise in order to build the body, but don't exercise when you're physically exhausted. It's totally counterproductive. There are people who work hard and they squeeze in an hour to go run to the gym, through traffic, try to find a parking space, get into the gym, get changed, sweat like crazy, run back to work, no time to eat, and you call that healthy? That's not healthy. You have to find the time to exercise. And if it doesn't work in the gym, then find something. But do it with the desire to become better. But if you don't feed the body, and if you're already in pain, and if you're so stressed, then exercises in many ways is counterproductive. Now, if you go to a physical therapist, and the physical therapist is helping you with movement, and helping you with uh, aligning parts of the body that are in pain that are not working. That is like an exercise. Maybe sometimes get a massage. Get a good massage. That is, could be more relaxing for you than running like crazy on a treadmill and sweating to the oldies. There are different ways that we can help our body, mind, and spirit to find healing and to start improving the quality of our life, our daily life. It's not how you feel today that causes you to have the pain. Can you imagine yourself without pain? Can you actually see yourself how you used to be? And do you trust the world, your life, that there is a solution out there that can get you back on track? No matter what path, what method, what supplement you take, there has to be in your mind the hope and the vision that it's going to be okay. That it's going to be okay. Because otherwise, nothing works. I've talked to people who come in to talk about their spouse. My spouse has this and this and this. And I said, why are we talking about the spouse? Where's the spouse? Why well, he didn't have time? Well, when he has time, let's bring him in. Well, he's not. He, he told me to go check it with you and find out what you said. And he'll do whatever you say. I'll write it on a piece of paper. It's not going to fly. It doesn't work. You have to put in the work to, to say... I find I need to find healing. Boy, there's a lot we need to do, isn't it? Massages are great for pain. Yoga. Acupuncture. Um, chiropractic care. Working with dietary supplements. Hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Going to the hot springs. We have many ways available in this town, in this area, in the Gallatin Valley, in Park County. People who are literally passionate and trained to help you feel better. 
So there is a lot that, that, that can be done. And it's not about giving you dietary supplements and say, this is how it works. They can work. But there has to be something. I'm not saying it's mind over matter, but there has to be something in you that says, what can I do to start moving away from the pain from the past and the pain from the present to look forward and say, there is the door to the future. I'm going to go right through it. I don't know what it's going to bring me, but I'm going to step through that door. I'm going to do it. I'm not afraid. I know where I'm come from. I know who I am. I know the work that I'm doing and the new work that I've done. And I trust myself enough to trust the future as well. So having said that, 522-8255, just another half hour to go of Gesundheit with Jacobus. I hope you can make it all the way to 11. Anyway, we'll be right back. See you soon. So I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to start working on fatigue because so many people are tired. Some of them can barely keep their eyes open. Some people have a hard time sleeping at night. They may be tired 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They just get this dip after lunch. So why is all that? Why are we tired? It's part of the physical body. Sometimes over time, let me say it this way. We're all different. There are people who are in their 60s and 70s. They go like an energizer bunny. They have no aches or pains. Life is good. They just, they don't gain weight. They don't lose weight. They go to bed. They fall asleep. They wake up refreshed six, seven hours later. They have a little bit of alcohol. They eat good food. They have a nice social life. You go, what can go wrong? Well, we're all going to hit the wall at one point or another. But it is interesting that some people have this while others can barely get out of the house because they have allergies to everything. They have, they have digestive upsets when they eat something. They have anxiety. They cannot leave the door. They cannot leave the house. They have a hard time moving through traffic. They cannot hold on to a job. They have emotional upsets, upheavals. What, what makes one person what makes the other? It's, it's interesting to think about it, but it makes us all unique. And so when, when I was talking to somebody yesterday, I said, you look at a Super Bowl, you got 80,000 people in a stadium. They're all coming for one thing. It's not just the hot dogs and the beer. No, they're coming to watch the game. Now, if you separate these people between millionaires and non-millionaires, and if you say, and, and we want to get the vegans and the paleo people and the keto people, we want to separate those people, and then we have the ones that have a job or that are retired, or we have some that are divorced or have, uh, you know, they, they, they have been remarried several times. You can start making so many splits, or you can say, we're going to have the Democrats over there and the conservatives over there, the Republicans over there. You can start making so many separations. But when we look at the people as a group, there's 80,000 people that came for one thing, primarily, that is watching the game. So it is interesting that we can gather people together to listen to, to the same message. 
And that's why I'm so grateful that I can do this program every Saturday morning, and you may not agree, but at least hopefully I plant a seed that says, you know what? There is hope. There are opportunities. There are possibilities. We just need to understand why we keep trying and we keep hitting the wall and we can't get any further. It takes a little bit more digging and the field of medicine is very complicated. And sometimes it has been made complicated. It is made more complicated than it needs to be. We often talk about grandma's remedies. Slap a little bit of honey on it and it'll be fine. Use a little bit of garlic right there in the ear. Ear infection will be gone tomorrow. You got pain in your eyes, put some cucumbers on it. Simple things that you go, how do you get that information? Where is it coming from? It's simple. But if you look at a modality, if you look at a modality, for example, Western medicine, that is controlled by pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies, and they say, listen, we have to set the parameters about what you can say and cannot say, and the therapies you can do and you cannot do, the medication you can prescribe and those you definitely got to stay away from. You are making a very large healing modality. That's what it should be. Doctors are there to heal you. Doesn't matter if it's a medical doctor or a PhD, medical doctor into psychiatry or in the emotions or... You have, a, you have spiritual leaders who are PhDs. You have very educated people who have to work within the realm of whatever is dictated to them that they can function in. There are naturopathic physicians who say, well, I did all my training in naturopathy. I am not going to sit here and tell you to take Vicodin if I can try to get you going on something that is more natural. The problem that may happen with any modality that isolates themselves is that they're limited in what they can do for you. So you as an individual, in this day and age, with all the information that is available at your fingertips, no pun intended, is so amazing, we can become better educated. And so we can take that information and, and use it not just for ourselves, but also for those who, who we love and say, I can help you with something. And if they want to listen, then even better. But this world, the history of this world, the existence of cultures that have been around for many thousands of years, some people talk about continents like Atlantis, where amazing civilizations existed that have gathered knowledge and developed into cultures that we can barely imagine. They, they were way advanced of us, but it rotted from the inside out. There are always people who abuse something that is beautiful and start going after the money, and that's what it is. And they go over the dead people's bodies. Or they go over the shoulders of our backs of other people. 
And case in point is actually the whole opioid crisis, which is stimulated by pharmaceutical companies that push the reps to go out and sell it to the doctors. You got to give them an incentive. They got to get these sales up. We need to see more sales. Tell these doctors to sell these opioids. Literally, that is what happened, what has happened. And there have been pharmaceutical companies that are now in big trouble because of that. One of them is in the state of Massachusetts. We can talk about that, but I can also address that next time. But when you think about the fact that we can have a show like this where all these different people, thousands of people are listening to who all have different interests in life and have different points of view about how certain life things need to be done. But when it comes to health, pretty much all of you say, there's something about this show with all the guests that Jacobus has had on where I learned something about an approach I hadn't thought about. Or I heard about it, now I want to know more about it, and maybe it gives me some, some choices, better choices, better educated. That's what the program is all about. And so I really appreciate that all of you are listening, and I appreciate all of those who have been listening for so long and who have supported this program by just with your presence. And so uh, I, I really appreciate it. Now, let's see if we can hit a little bit of the fatigue. The interesting thing for me when it, came, it comes down to fatigue is that there are, as I mentioned in the first hour and in the promo for the show, there are overlapping areas. So for me, fatigue also can be categorized. The causes of fatigue can be in the physical can be in the emotional, in the mental, in the spiritual. In the physical, physical fatigue, insomnia, and sleep disorder. So let me just go through the list, and then we highlight some of these points that are interesting. Insomnia and sleep disorders. Physical. Overexertion. Physical. Nutrition deficiencies. Indigestion also. Iron deficiency anemia, B12 deficiency, something called MTHFR, which has to do with a certain enzyme, physical cause of fatigue, injuries, infections, and inflammation. They can just wipe you out. Recovery from surgery, medications, medications to just wipe you out vaccinations many people after they've had vaccines they're just tired there's something that's gotten in their body in their bloodstream that just shuts down the system and you want to go to sleep environmental toxins the estrogenic components for one people talk about chemtrails is another one we have heavy metal mineral toxicity in water and in the environment that can mess up our brain, can mess up muscle tissue, can cause different deficiencies and toxicities in the body. Cancer. Cancer can just wipe you out. Well, let me say it this way. It will wipe you out. 
nerve pain. People get just, the pain is so intense, they just have no more energy left. Headaches and traumatic brain injury. Hormonal imbalances. In this case, we're talking about thyroid and adrenals. The adrenal hormones and the thyroid hormones play a big role in why people are losing their energy and are fatigued. Allergies. Allergies can just take you out. Colds and flu. And again, withdrawal from, from addictions. You've been in any addiction, alcohol, drugs, prescription drugs, opioids, illegal drugs. You, you try to kick the habit. You will go through a lot of sleep, a lot of fatigue. Emotional, very similar to what I had in the physical pain, causes fatigue. Emotional fatigue. Heartache, grief, loss of a loved one makes you wipe wipes you out. Sadness, divorce, breakup, and separation, that kind of emotional, emotional struggle can cause amazing fatigue in the body. PTSD. It's very difficult for people with PTSD to keep moving, to get out of the chair, to just to just take the day and grab it and go with it. Very difficult. Mental, again, feeling conflicted about something. If you're overthinking things that may or may not be true, you are wiping yourself out. You just have no more energy to be motivated to do anything else. Fanaticism, again, mental fanaticism. You can so overthink stuff that you just have no energy left in the brain. But you push and push and push and push your body to do something and it is not ready for it. It cannot follow the lead from the coach, which is the brain, to, to, to get things done. Your physical body doesn't have the right nutrients to do things. And so when you keep pushing yourself mentally to work till a certain time, to you have to do three jobs in order to make ends meet. You got to run from one to the next and one to the next. You are constantly pushing yourself mentally. And there is sometimes a fanaticism in that. There is a need for people who need to make the money. But for some people, fanaticism is something that is a mentally born disorder that is, in my opinion, can cause horrible fatigue anger can make you uh, can make you fatigued so does stress burnout fear anxiety these are all things that work and then spiritual spiritual fatigue is just being tired of living you just don't have it anymore you you're so you're so involved in not worrying about life anymore and coming to that point where you say, I'm going to give up on life, that you are tired, you're so tired to fight for light, to fight for hope, to fight for improvement, to fight for putting one foot in front of the other. So what causes what? What causes? Is it the fatigue that causes the pain? Could be. Is it the pain that causes the fatigue? Could be. 
when you have fatigue, you need to find out if it is chronic. You know, we, we talk about chronic fatigue, we consider that a disease. But some people may not have chronic fatigue because they have the Epstein-Barr virus or because of fibromyalgia or because of just working long days. They're, they're not fatigued from, from that. It could literally be the mind being so active they don't think about taking care of their bodies. And then the body starts exposing you by giving you pain or making you really tired so you cannot function. So are there things you can take for fatigue? Absolutely. Rest. You can do, um, you can take ginseng. Ginseng is a root that grows anywhere from 3 to 12 or sometimes even 24 years. And it is so amazing. It contains all the nutrients in the root that are just sucked into the root. And I've heard once that once they harvest the ginseng roots, you cannot really grow anything on that soil for like three years because all the nutrients are depleted. You simply have to start nourishing the soil again to make it ready for another batch. I've also heard that if you have, if you were ever in a survival situation, that ginseng has all the nutrients you need in order to survive. Another one that will do that is bee pollen. Bee pollen literally could help you survive in an emergency situation because it has all the vitamins and minerals and proteins in it, just like ginseng, in order to make it. Another thing that you could do is um, an herb called goda cola. Goda cola helps stimulation of blood flow through the body. And it also can go to the mind. You can do um, something to calm the adrenal glands so that you that the, the hormones are better balanced. There are herbs like ashwagandha, ginsengs again, rhodiola, which is also called arctic root. Holy basil, calm the mind, progesterone cream. Progesterone cream is amazing to calm the adrenal glands. And so it's not, you know, I, I've said before, if, you, if you, you, you look at the hormones that are produced by the adrenal glands, you have adrenaline and cortisol and you have DHEA. And DHEA is the youth hormone that gives you testosterone and estrogens also. So, the, in my opinion, <clears throat> the role of adrenaline and cortisol is to supply the brain with sugar so the brain can think and function and help you with stress and anxiety, etc., and keep you moving forward. So, it feeds the coach, adrenaline and cortisol. And then you have DHEA with the testosterone and estrogen, which, in my opinion, feeds the lower part of your below the neck, which is your physical body. It gives you the hormones that you need in order to regroup, strengthen yourself, move forward, put one foot in front of the other so you don't have the fatigue. Well, what happens if you have, if, if you look at it, you can only make 100% of all these hormones together. So the adrenals can only pump out 100%. If your coach tells you to give you 110%, 
give me 110%. That doesn't work. You can only give 100. That's it. Tank is empty. You cannot put 110% fuel in your car. It doesn't work. At least so they say. There is, of course, a safety gauge, so you can always add a little more. But you know what I'm saying, 100%. That's it. Tank is full. The rest will drip out. So if you divide 100 by three hormones, adrenaline, cortisol, DHEA, that leaves you with 33 and a third percent for each. So that would be a perfect balance. But if the way your life is going and the adrenaline rush that you're dealing with is taking you up to 40% or the cortisol levels, the stress that you're dealing with because of uh, an injury, because of fatigue, because of pressure in the family, pressure at work, financial stress, uh, post-op, surgery, anything like that, you are now dealing with stresses of cortisol that goes up to, instead of 33, it's up to 45%. So now you got 40 and 45%. Well, guess what is left for the DHEA to rejuvenate your body? It's only 15%. And so when you get only that little amount of hormones in your physical body to really make it work for where you need it, you can already imagine that the physical body is going to stress and, and become tired and cannot fulfill what the brain wants it to do. And so people have this unbelievable fatigue and try to do everything. Caffeine, sugar, bag of chips, um, you know, eat all the time, nibble all the time, just to get fuel in the body that they think is correct fuel, but often it's not, it's not complete, in order to crank up the body to do what it needs to do whatever the brain tells it to do. I hope you understand what I'm explaining here. There is a separation, in my opinion, between the brain above the neck and your physical body, which is below the neck. They have to work together. And too many of us live in the mind. You may not be a type A personality who is always go, go, go. But trust me, when you're always living in your head and try to solve the world's problems, and, and make it through the day and do your routines, you are working primarily from a brain, from, a, from the brain, and that can cause horrible physical exhaustion. So please, think about this. We'll talk again next week about relationships and uh, couples' relationships, and then we'll probably talk more about opioids the week after. So thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. And that you will stay tuned for more to come on this radio station. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.